It's our 2020 Royal Rumble review show on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. You know, 2019 was a very special year, mm. wrestling. Lots of things happening, new companies, lots of possibilities, an influx in, well, talent and exposure, great wrestling, great storylines, the uh, the promising stars of the business getting a little more oomph. Yes. Uh, if that can be uh, translated over, uh, over this podcast. This is the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast. It's Boss Ross and the J-Man. My goodness... 2020, well, it was the Royal Rumble, and I have to admit to you that uh, I did not know how two years in a row at a baseball stadium was going to come off. It came out bitching. I had my doubts when Mm. it was here in Phoenix about the presentation, and there were parts of it that I was like, yeah, that still looks kind of weird. I got to tell you. The WrestleMania logo not being there is one of them. I got to tell you, from from watching the Royal Rumble in a baseball stadium on on my computer instead of being there, I totally get it now. Right? So, before we get into it, because we do have a lot to talk about, J-Man, how are you, sir? I'm all right, Ross. There's a lot of things on your mind, which I'll let you get to here in a second. It's okay. No, no, I'm I'm doing okay. How are you, old friend? It's uh, it's busy as usual for me here in the uh, Valley of the Sun. Yes, sir. And uh, changes are coming. Positive or go- negative? Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> even if I were to say negative, you wouldn't believe me anyway. No, of course, That's true. It's just a matter of uh, we are we are coming across to a very cool milestone for this show in the very near future. Yeah. That is uh, episode 100. It's coming. Today's episode 93. We're seven weeks away. So I just figured I'd get a cheap plug in for us now because we are planning on doing something special for it. We haven't decided what we're doing. We're working on it. Um, we are going to have a special guest next week, yeah. though. <clears throat> we'll tell you more about that before we end today's show. I want to make sure that I rep it correctly. Or actually, I may let you rep it correctly mm-hmm. just to make sure all the I's are dotted and T's yeah, sure. are crossed. So... Before we get into the Royal Rumble, um, which had its had its peaks and valleys for sure, much like every WWE pay-per-view pretty much in existence with about the exception of about five of them, and even then those five probably have their shortcomings, um, something very tragic happened on Sunday. I will speak very briefly about it myself, and then I will let J-Man take the floor. Um, when I woke up Sunday morning and saw that... Uh, Kobe Bryant was in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. I will be the first to tell you, I thought it was uh, from the Babylon Bee or the Onion. That's not trying to disrespect the story, and that would be a horrendous story for either of those two to do. Mm -hmm. But when you see news of a major celebrity, a basketball icon, somebody that I and the J-Man, because we're both in our early to mid 30s yes i included you in that group because you officially are now i'm 30 yes sir so when you have somebody that you've seen for a large portion of your sports viewing life Mm -hmm. 
I don't know if it really sets in right away. No, it doesn't. And so I woke up and saw the notification and I said, you know what? I'm going to wait because TMZ reported it. And even though TMZ has... They've been really you know, stellar over the past few years, for sure. They have. You know, they broke the Ray Rice story, everybody, mm-hmm. amongst a lot of other things. You know, TMZ, Yahoo Sports. I mean, this whole era of information. I mean, there have been times that TMZ even breaks uh, who's entering the Hall of Fame for WWE. Yes. That they've given them the story. So, regardless of my opinions of them breaking the news before Next of Kin was notified, which apparently was the story that... Apparently, everybody else knew, and that's how the family found out. That's another story. That was the report. If that's true. Not cool. Not cool by TMZ. Not I get cool. it. We're in another time period of news is instantaneous. I understand I get that, it. but if Vanessa Bryant did not know that her husband and child were, and not just Vanessa Bryant, excuse me, but of course, there's other there's nine other people that were on that chopper. Right. That's not okay. So- Aside from that, because I don't want to get into the weeds, all I'm saying is that there were nine people in that crash, and I realize one of them is much more famous than the other eight, and that should not take away from the fact that there were nine people in that crash, including his oldest daughter. Uh, uh, Second oldest daughter, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. My apologies. No, it's okay. So, from that, uh, Kobe Bryant... Uh, perished in that crash. And I'm going to give the floor to the J-Man because I told them I would. Before we get into our uh, Royal Rumble, I will give you a few moments to uh, speak on this. Um, Kobe Bryant is passing away. Well, thanks, Ross. I appreciate that. And you spoke on that very eloquently. Um, The first thing that I want, that first both of us want to go ahead and say is we offer our condolences to not just the family of Kobe Bryant, you know, Vanessa and his three other daughters, Um, and his parents and just everybody in that family. We also extend those same condolences to the other eight people that perished in that horrific accident. Um, You know, we talk about Kobe and we talk about his daughter Gianna so much because of, uh, well, what Kobe meant to the world of sports. But we have to remember that Kobe was just a, a human being at the end of the day, as was his daughter and as were the other eight people on that flight. Um, All I have to say is, you know, I'll say this. Kobe meant a lot to me the same way that Michael Jordan means a lot to me. Um, I think I I, I go more towards Kobe because I saw I saw all 20 years worth of Kobe where I only got a chance to not that I wasn't blessed, but I only got a chance to see six to seven years of Mike. Right. And so you 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 kind of grow a little bit more attached uh, to somebody that you've grown up with even more so. Um, that all being said, I take the floor tonight expressing my gratitude to having been able to watch him for all 20 of those seasons that he played for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, but I also have to recognize that people make certain mistakes as well. And we can't forget about those. We are all imperfect. But at the same time, we should choose to view the evolution um, 
and the progression that 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 any person who has had negative aspects in their lives has taken to repair themselves and repair things that they did wrong. Uh, I will miss Kobe Bryant very much. He's one of the goats, legitimately. And it is very sad that at the age of 41, we will not see him take his rightful place in the Hall of Fame. Um, and then it's also extremely sad to not get a chance to see a 13-year-old phenom um, take over her dad's mantle on the women's side. And it's also very sad that the other eight people that were involved in that chopper will not get a chance to go ahead and say bye to their families in the way that they wanted to. And then overall, the 10 people that died in this crash, nobody got a chance to say goodbye to them properly. It's extremely tragic. And I wish them nothing but love and peace at this time. May God rest their soul. And Kobe Bryant, mama mentality forever. And there it is. I I wanted to make sure that uh, Jorge had that opportunity. Not that I would have denied you from doing it. No, of course. It. Thanks, Ross. I appreciate it. Um, again, it's, uh, it's what happens when we have uh, popular culture, I guess icons is the word I will use. Yeah. Um, that have an impact on people. So mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, other icons that uh, will have influenced us. We're at this pay-per-view. Yes. And uh, my goodness, there's so much to talk about at this show. We had a massive return that I think everybody expected was going to happen or that was highly rumored to happen. We'll get to him in a little more, actually in a little while, because mm-hmm. uh, he showed up in the men's Royal Rumble and had a pretty big impact. Mm-hmm. And uh, even uh, the Raw after, it's going to be in a pretty... The big angle mm-hmm. come WrestleMania season, or at least I hope it's WrestleMania. They better not have it at Chamber or at Super Show. What, what? I'm sorry. What's the Saudi show coming in March? I think it's Super Showdown. It's another Super Showdown. Oh, before I even get into the pay-per-view, why on God's green earth are we having a show in between the Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber? Oh, I know why. Ew, we had six weeks between shows. Ew, let's try and get another show in. Ew. I mean, you and I talked about this. We were really excited that there was such a big gap. I loved it. Look, I will still make the argument to this day. There should be nothing pay-per-view-wise between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Right. They'll never have the guts to do it. Until- they used to do it, though. That's the thing. They used to do it. Yeah, well, that's also when they had four pay-per-views a year. No, but- no, no. I'm talking about the late 90s and the Attitude Era. There was, oh. It was the Rumble. It was No Way Out. Then Mania. Again, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't even want No Way Out. I understand that, but mm-hmm. they did that back in the day. Or St. Valentine's Look, Day Massacre back oh, in 99. Brutal. Look, maybe it'll take your boy Triple H taking over for that to happen. That'd be great. In fact, we just have him and Regal take over. That'd be great. I've been saying that for can years. We just, can we just... By the way, uh, for the... <laughs> because I do this every time. For your for your 1999 yeah. WCW Is reference. Is that where you're at now? I thought you were in 98. No. I uh, actually, that's not true. I'm about to hit Starcade '98. Oh, the match where Goldberg finally yes. loses. Yes, very controversial, actually. Very much so. I just got through Havoc. Yo, where... did, can I ask you a question? Did they mm-hmm. did he really get electrocuted? Like, did, was no. that no? Okay, it's a prop. It's a prop. Hmm? Okay, because I I, I could have sworn like, don't, can't you hear the crackling? Well, yeah, it's 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 prop. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. By the way, one of uh, Goldberg's best matches was the cattle prod on top of a ladder match against Scott Hall. 
<laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Go back and watch it from, uh, what cattle, is that, Sold Out 99? Cattle prod mm-hmm. on a pole? I'm sorry. It was a stun gun. Oh, stun okay. gun. Basically, the match was the stun gun was high above was was high above the ring like yeah. a belt would be. Uh-huh. You climbed the ladder, you grabbed it, you could use it on your opponent. Okay, cool. Because it was the angle out of Stark. It's like a kendo pull on a kendo stick on a pole match, but well, just but with, with a, a stun gun. Yeah, it's actually a really good match. No, I mean, no, it I'm helps sure that it Scott is. Hall was in the match. But of course, it does. Point is that just, it was the name of it that really threw me off. For a so the entire bit. point I bring this up is because William Regal, William Regal, was in the Junkyard Invitational. For the hardcore title in WCW at Bash at the Beach, which is about eight months from where I'm at on the WWE Network. Not chilling for them at all, because I love watching the old Nitros and Thunders. They're hilarious. By the way, Bomani Jones, I haven't seen him in forever. He looks exhausted. He does. Okay. Royal Rumble time. I apologize. That was an aside. I do that every time on this show. By the way, I have not told people where to find this show. You have The Double Turn Podcast can be found. Well, I mean- that is our Instagram handle, the Double Turn Broadcast. It's true. One and only J-Man 19, Ross the Robot 85. Boss Ross TDT, I was live tweeting. You don't know how proud I am of you. Pretty sure I got like two likes. It's okay, though. I did it for you. Not you, the fans out there. I mean, you are a fan of the show. But I did it because I say I do it every month, and then for one reason or another, I can't watch it live, and I don't want to lie to our fans. Okay? It's not lying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I actually had a really good time doing it. Yeah. There were times where I need to like switch what I'm doing when I tweet because I'm just not used to it a lot. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get better. Um, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts. I uh, see. I've already forgotten. I did two weeks in a row where I was doing so well. We got Stitcher. We got Breaker. Radio, Radio Public. Public. Cast Box. Oh, see. It was on the tip of my tongue. I know. Anchor app. It's there all it good. Is. All right. See, that's what happens when you're having too much fun talking about WCW 1999. <laughs> Royal Rumble 2020 was this pay-per-view, mm. and uh, there were eight matches scheduled. Mm-hmm. By the way, before we get started, congratulations on opening the 2020 year with a lead in our predictions as Hi, man. the J-Man. And by the way, of course, it's, it's, of course it's super close. The J-Man, well, he picked the Men's Royal Rumble winner. That's what put him over the top. Mm-hmm. So he has a 6-5 to five lead. To start the year after only losing by, what was it, two? Two, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I only mention it because it really was close Stupid the whole close. year. Yeah. So the fact that it's still close after one month, yeah, that's awesome. Plus, way, the, plus the, you'll get to start the year with uh, predictions. This is true. That's a good point. First of all. Second of all, this is also coming off the heels that the person that I picked to win the Women's Royal Rumble flat out Instagrammed, you really thought I was going to show up? Yes, I did find that funny. You, hmm. I did find that funny. Damn it, Rhonda. We Rhonda will, Jean. We will talk more about the Women's Royal Rumble yeah. when we get there. So there were eight matches. Yeah. There were two pre-show matches. I'm going to let you go ahead and take point on those because okay. you obviously were walking me through them as I was I driving did. home. Okay. So we don't have to dwell on them. They were both very good matches. They were both given time. So I will tell you that I did text Jorge that Andrade was on the pre-show, and he immediately was upset. Uh, my, hold on. Carry on. <laughs> he was immediately distraught about, why are they doing this to Andrade? Why is this match not on the main show? And I was like, well, if you think about it, on the pre-show, because it was a two-hour pre-show, at least they're going to get time. I said, okay, so would you rather they be put on the main show where they might get stunted for time because... 
because we legitimately don't know how long the rumbles are going to go? My- or do you give them a time slot in a two-hour frame where they're yeah. literally not competing with anything for the audience's <clears throat> attention, which, by the way, apparently they were having massive problems getting people into the building. I actually felt bad for those fans because apparently the staff at Minute Maid Park sucked. Well, you know, that's what I, I don't, no, I'm not going to do it. No. It's okay. Um, my exact reaction. Did they cheat them out of a match? <laughs> you said it, not me. I did. Um, True story. You, you texted me Andrade is on the pre-show. And I did. My actual text message, I'm not going to say it on air because I am not allowed to curse <laughs> on air, but I said, bleep WWE. You did say that. I did say that. Now, that being said, I, being a thinking man's thinking man, mm-hmm. thought after I sent that and said, you know what? They're giving my boy time. And if you go ahead and take a look at the Wikipedia of Royal Rumble 2020, mm-hmm. which I will go ahead and bring up right now as we speak, those two matches, the two matches that were on the pre-show, which were Sheamus versus Shad, Shad Gable, Chad Gable, Chad and Andra- Gaspard also showing up yeah. at this pay-per-view. Um, Just kidding. Shorty and um, Andrade, Andrade versus and- Humberto Carrillo, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, we're both giving... An extraordinary amount of time. You look at Sheamus and Shorty G, 12 minutes and 35 seconds. Mm -hmm. That's pretty decent. Mm -hmm. Andrade and Humberto Carrillo, Mm -hmm. 14-20. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and just give you a listing, guys, of all the matches, right? So the longest match of the night was the Men's Royal Rumble at an hour and 50 seconds. Mm -hmm. The second longest match of the night was the Women's Royal Rumble, which was 54 minutes and 20 seconds, which is actually a little bit shorter than I expected. Last year, they went a a little over an hour. This time, they went uh, under 55. That's pretty impressive. Um, the, The longest singles match of the night was Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin, which is what started the show, which was at 21 minutes and 20 seconds, followed by the Universal title match, which was 1735. The Raw Women's title match between Becky and Asuka was 16:25, And then you get Andrade and Humberto Carrillo at 14:20. This match was longer than the SmackDown Women's title match, which was on the main show. Mm-hmm. Hell, Sheamus and Shorty G were given more than that women's title match. Would you rather have they been on the main show and gotten nine minutes or on the pre-show and gotten 14? To be, I mean, to be fair, because I rethought about it afterwards, mm-hmm. it actually makes sense that they were able to get time. Now, it is unfortunate there was so many people that were trying to get into the building because to be fair with you, if you want a wrestler's wrestler's match... Sheamus and Shorty G is not a bad way to go about things, and definitely Andrade and Roberto Carrillo is also not a bad way to go about things. So if I'm taking point because I actually, how much of the pre-show did you watch? I didn't watch anything. Okay. Because remember, I got home. Okay. So um, And we spoke all the way up until the start of the Rumble. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Sheamus and Shorty G, they had a 12 and a half minute match. Mm-hmm. Shorty G, Shorty G, Shorty G, uh, decided that uh, he was going to try and out-wrestle Sheamus, like out-mat-wrestle him, uh-huh. and Sheamus just kind of shrugged him off for the first couple of minutes. So this storyline is Sheamus is a bully. Yeah. That is that that is the storyline. He's been a bully since the very beginning. So but... where's, so where's uh, Stephanie out with Biastar? <laughs> let's not have bullying, and then let's just have a storyline with bullying. Hey, I'm back. I'm going to kick you in the face. Because and then the bully short. still beats the babyface guy. Yeah. Just... So... Uh, I will tell you that as a wrestling match, mm-hmm. this was a pretty darn good way to start the pay-per-view. Absolutely. So when you have Sheamus that's coming back from injury, yeah. 
and you have Shorty G, who he's gimmick strapped. That's what he is. Yes. But is he trying to make the best of it? Yes, he is. I give him credit for that. I do. Because some people have come out of having bad gimmicks and turned out to be pretty big stars. Mm-hmm. Not saying Shorty G is ever going to be a huge star. And, right. But you look at Rocky. With uh, the, who became Oh, I mean, rock. you could go back to uh, some of the characters Kevin Nash had. Oz, yeah. horrible. Triple Triple H was Hunter Hearst Helmsley, well, legitimately least, Hunter. Well, I mean, Hearst. Though, at least he was the blue blood. True, but Sarah so. Ryzen back in WCW. Uh, Kane was Isaac Yankum. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And and he became Diesel. Yes. Ugh. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. People have overcome worse. So, uh, for the next like eight minutes. Mm-hmm. These two actually had a nice little back and forth going sure where did. they were where they Good were trading hold. between the two. Exactly. And then the finish of the match, Shorty G gets a roll up, gets a two fall, or gets a two count, a near fall. That's what I meant to say. Sheamus pops up, bounces off the ropes, broke kick, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Done. Again. Perfect. Broke kick, one of the most pre- protected moves in all of professional wrestling and to it, this day. And again, it wasn't contrived of well, Sheamus is going to stand in the corner and wait for Shorty G to get up. No, it was a natural, I roll out of a two count, I hit the ropes, I kick you in the face and pin you. Yes, and that's exactly great. how bro kick, that's 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 what makes bro kick and Claymore kick and the running knee so oh, great. We'll get to Claymore's. You, yeah, because you can hit them out of nowhere, as the, obviously the RKO too. That's what, it makes it fun because you're like, oh my God, he hit it out of nowhere, literally. Super uh, Dolph Ziggler's zigzag as well. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I missed the zigzag and yeah. play more. It's or, or <laughs> I know we hate it sometimes, but when Brock catches somebody out of midair and drops him with an F five, it's dope. True, you know, because True. it's just it's a flowing motion, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it takes talent to be able to do that. Not just from the person delivering it, but the person obviously taking the bump. Mm-hmm. So yes. So Sheamus gets a win. Shorty G looks good. Both of them move on. That's, At least we think. That's that's all I needed. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see Shorty G and Sheamus feud for the next three months. Sheamus came in, he beat up Shorty G, and now he can go on to do something else. Perfect. Andrade and Umberto Carrillo for the United States Championship was also on the pre-show. Of course, this goes back to the fact that Andrade injured Umberto Carrillo. This was, what, a couple months line. ago? Yep. Yeah. Uh, a month and a half ago. Okay. Like early December. So uh, Andrade and Rey Mysterio have been having this nice little feud back and forth. It's actually been relatively short. Well, I don't think they needed to overdo it, given the fact no, no, that they I'm feuded just, all of last. Like, basically, they've been feuding really for all year long. It's just I know. Been for sporadic. But I know, yes, but just this recent one, and I'm not saying it had yeah. to be long. I'm saying just the recent one. Mm-hmm. So um, he's about to put Rey out on the floor, and then Umberto comes out in a Rey Mysterio mask and is like, um, I'm going to challenge you for your title. Right. And so, which of course teased the spot they ended up doing on Monday because that was the spot they teased to set up this match. That is correct. And not to mention the, the spot that they finally did on Monday was basically the way to write off Andrade because which, my boy Andrade. Well, yeah, okay. We were going to get there, but okay. Yes, Andrade got popped for wellness violations. Which nope. I hope it's something that was ingested in, uh, on accident. By the way, we have no idea what it was. Not yet. We yet. just know that uh, he is gone for 30 days. Correct. The injury angle is a way to get the belt off of him. Well, the, the, He's still holding the belt. It's just a way to write him off. 
Yeah, I'm here to tell you right now they should probably just take the strap off of him. Apparently, apparently Heyman doesn't want to do that. So you don't defend a title for 30 days and you keep a strap? What happened to the old days of wrestling? Know, you man. had to defend a title every 30 days. Brock! Dumb. If, if you're the hurt and iconics. can't compete, you shouldn't... Yes! <laughs> if you're hurt and can't compete, you should drop the belt! I agree. I'm just saying. Okay, fine. So we're not going to have a U.S. title for a month. Great. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's Umberto supposed to do in the meantime? Ooh, I injured a guy. Am I going to turn heel? That sounds dumb. Great. Umberto Carrillo as a, as a heel and Andrade as a babyface. That'll sell. Andrade would actually make a great No, but I'm saying face. in this feud at this yeah, time, no, that I makes agree. no sense. I agree. I agree. Ew, you injured me, so I injured you back, but that makes me a heel. That's dumb. Yeah, true. <laughs> that being said, Andrade and Umberto. They had an awesome, awesome match, match on the pre-show. Okay, did. I said this on tweet and to you. Mm -hmm. I actually think they had a better match than the match with the ladder spot that you loved with Rey Mysterio. I'm here to tell you, I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I actually think they have better chemistry than Rey Mysterio and Andrade do. I'm going to stop you there. I'm telling you, I think it's the truth. Okay. Now, this has nothing to do with the fact that perhaps I get the perception of being biased against Rey Mysterio. Nah. Not at all. Here's what I will say. Rey Mysterio is not as fast. He's not as nimble as he used to be. Humberto Carrillo is still that fast. So, the difference is, for me, watching this match, Andrade gets to slow down the match. Instead of against Ray, he has to speed up the match. It's a very interesting dynamic, but shout out to Andrade who, because he can do both. Yes. Yeah. Which is, again, why I told you before, if Andrade gets a couple aspects of his character down, he will be a massive star for this company. Mm -hmm. Because he can do a little bit of everything, mm -hmm. which is why, to me, this match does not get the credit that it deserves. Well, I'm not here to tell you that this match was not bad. On the contrary, it was very strong. You know, actually, I don't mean to take this away from you, Ross, Go but if you, if you allow me, there were a couple times during the show where I went ahead and messaged you and I was like, not feeling this show. And then when we talked after the show ended, I was like, this show wasn't that great. And you're like, really? Mm -hmm. And then you broke down everything that happened. And then I, as I, as, as happens, you have to recalibrate your brain and you have to go ahead and reprocess everything. Cause sometimes when you watch it the first time, you don't love it. And then when you think about everything that happened, then you come to appreciate a, a, a lot more. I have completely turned the corner on this weekend's pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to give away everything just yet because obviously we're going in order, but Andrade and Umberto was very, very, very healthy for the soul. If you would have watched the pre-show, you might have had the initial reaction that I had. Yes. Now, that being said, if you missed the pre-show and you only watched the main card, you should go back and watch the two matches because there are some pre-shows I'm here to tell you, there are some pre-shows that are 1,000% worthless. This is not one of them. No, it's not. It's, it's very strong. And if actually, this was, especially when they give time. And if this was not the Royal Rumble, these two... Pro actually, I take that back. This was not the Royal Rumble. I, I guarantee you only the Shorty G Sheamus match would have been on the pre-show. And it, and probably it still probably would have been fine. Exactly. And not to mention, it probably shouldn't have been on a pre-show. This is a, easily a main show match. 
Yes. Especially considering the fact that Sheamus just came back three weeks ago and you're going to go ahead and relegate my guy to the pre-show. But it's cool. I get it. They wanted to give it time. It got the time that it was warranted. It delivered with the time that it was given. Mm-hmm. Andrade and Humberto did the same thing. So an interesting finish here as Andrade got the roll-up victory. He did not beat him with the hammerlock DDT. Now, I wonder if that was by design. I mean, obviously it was. Mm-hmm. But given what happened on Monday... But the fact that they did the injury angle and Andrade is suspended, I believe they probably just kept it open-ended because they didn't want to beat Umberto clean with Andrade's move. Yeah. So that probably was part of the plan of setting up the Raw match so that this feud would continue, Mm. which I'm on board with. Now, of course, that's not happening. Well, I mean, it'll continue when he comes back, but yes. Okay. If you and I start doing something and you get sick for a month... And I'm doing the shows by myself for a month. Our chemistry is going to take more than one show to get back. Agree? Sure. Okay. So I just use that as an example because legitimately this storyline could be dead. Because they'll probably have moved on with other things. That's all. True. Now, could they come back to it later? Of mm-hmm. course they can. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, they and I know that you're going to be like, well, Jorge, there's entirely two different things going on. But remember when Roman Reigns got popped in the middle of the of the build for the triple threat? And I get it. Uh-huh. That's Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. You know, Andrade is not on the same level as Roman Reigns. No, he isn't. But they I understand still kept what you're him a part of the match. I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying that... And not to mention the timing didn't hurt in the sense that it happened the night after Money in the Bank and there was literally a 30-day build going to Battleground in 2016. Exactly. That just... So the situations are different. They got lucky on the timing. Exactly. They got lucky on the timing. Exactly. I'll give them that. So Andrade retains his United States Championship. So again, first two matches on the pre-show, I was was hyped for this pay-per-view. Yes. Not that I wasn't hyped because there was stuff I was really looking forward to. Mm Mm-hmm. I have to tell you something right now. Okay. And I think you're going to be on my side. All right. For the life of me, I do not get the hate for the opening match of this pay-per-view. Who's hating on it? Oh, my gosh. Is there hate on it? Because I thought this match was name dope. Name anybody you pay attention to in the business. They hated King Corbin versus Roman Reigns They're in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Bleacher Report, um, uh, uh, not that Bleacher Report is the be-all, end-all, but they gave it an A+. I thought that this was a fine match. This was a fine match to open up this pay-per-view. Now, I understand the camera work on this show sucked. I understand that it can take away from some of the matches. I've told you on a number of occasions, I am not the biggest fan of a false Count Anywhere match. I think in order for it to be effective, you really have to use the false count anywhere stipulation to its fullest potential, which by the way, this they match did. did. Yeah. And by the way, this match's I'm pin was on top of a dugout. Yes. And I'm wholeheartedly okay with Ziggler and Rude and the Uso showing up. Yes. Because it warrants in the rules. Okay. So in a false count, which by the way, I'll get to my beef with the Royal Rumble later because there's something that's always bothered me about the Royal Rumble that they never do. I'll get to it, though. That's called a tease. Okay. Okay. In a false count anywhere match, there's no disqualification, correct? That's correct. So the entire storyline- fight. It is a real street fight. So the entire storyline has been Baron Corbin has all these friends, right? He's yeah. got Ziggler. He's got Rude. 
He has the revival who were not on the show, which by the way, I have no idea where they were. Were they uh, just were they just sipping pina coladas on the beach? I, actually, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that Wilder said that they're taking a little bit of a break. Oh well, good for them. Yeah, good for them. Okay, I was just wondering because they've kind of been part of this whole storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though the dog food crap was terrible, mm-hmm. they've been a part of the storyline. They have. Been, so I was like, the where's part. the revival? They, I don't they, know where they, they are. They were at TLC for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I was happy to see that Roman Reigns actually has friends. Mm-hmm. I realize they're family, but at least he has friends and he's got the Usos. Yeah. Okay. So, I was happy that there was that interference in the match, okay? So many times in a Falls Count Anywhere match, okay? I understand that it has to start in the ring or near the ring or whatever, okay? Ooh, we got to ring the bell and make the match official. You can make the match official anywhere. They could have fought, like, in the middle of center field if they wanted to. I'm sure the camera wasn't ready out there, but I'm saying that they could have. So, the entire point was... These two guys hate each other. Yeah. So it makes sense that like one of the early spots of the match was Baron Corbin hitting Roman Reigns in the face with the ring bell. And then they tried to put each other through tables which five minutes into the match. Right. Good. It's a physical match. It is a physical match. These two men do not like each other. First off, second of all, one of them 6'2", 260, the other one 6'8", 285. Why the hell would they not take advantage of this stipulation the way that they did? Why would they not take advantage of the physicality that can be brought into this match? This is what they do. They're brawlers. These two men are the epitome of a brawler this day and age in professional wrestling. Why not let them do what they do best? This is, this is exactly the type of environment that Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin are going to flourish in. And guess what, Ross? They did! What a concept! Why are people getting mad at this match? And why the hell would you not use the stretching of the rules to bring in Dolph and Rude and the Usos and give them a little thing, if Majiggy, that's going on? Mm-hmm. So you can basically allow Roman and Baron to go ahead and be able to catch a breather? That's the whole point. Do you remember what one of my favorite matches at last WrestleMania was? Yes. The Miz versus uh, Shane McMahon Falls Count Anywhere match. Now, why did I enjoy that match? I'll tell you why. Because regardless of who is in those matches, although it does help to have people that are good. Yes. Okay. And yes, Baron I just Corbin said. Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns are very good. And yes, by the way, I just said The Miz and Shane McMahon were good. You, you and I had a podcast a few few months ago where we said who are the top most who are the most extreme wrestlers in WWE today. Mm-hmm. You and I both had Shane McMahon in our top two. Suck a dick, guys. Carry so, on. So wow, well that got graphic in a hurry. Let him know. So <laughs> the reason why I really liked that match. Mm-hmm is because they didn't just fight in the ring and get cute like by ringside and have chairs and all the quote-unquote normal things we see in wrestling. No, they went out into the crowd and used elements of the building they were in, used the crowd, used their environment. They did a superplex uh, like 15 feet from the the scaffolding, right? So this match saw them go through the crowd into a backstage area, or or not a backstage, like kind of like the equipment area. Mm -hmm. Right. So obviously it was planned. Of course, I get it. But 
They made it feel like, oh, they're fighting all over a baseball stadium. And then, right, so they get through all their different stuff. Roman hits a spear on top of the dugout, which, by the way, I did like the cool presentation that they did again where the people just came out of the dugout. I thought that was cool. Yes. Because they did it last year and they did it this year. It works. It works. So I wonder... And it was very cool to actually see... Again, you talked about being able to see this layout on TV. Golly, did it look great. Because I didn't re-watch the Royal Rumble because last year because it was so engraved into my brain that I didn't feel like I needed to rewatch it. Now, have I watched the highlights? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not like I'm watching the entrances happen. I watched the entrances on Sunday, and it's exactly how it was supposed to look. Yeah. It was dope. Carry on. So... Corbin, okay, I will tell you there was one spot in the match that I thought was a little unnecessary, and that was the porta potty spot. I get it. It was there. There was one of them that was on wheels. They didn't have it spill out all over the place or Baron Corbin be covered in the blue cleaning material. I get it. Gosh. But, okay, if you're going to do that spot, you got to have the porta potty fall from like a like a high distance. But there was still time left in that match. I know. What I'm saying is that legitimately the only reason they did it is because they decided, oh, let's throw a guy in a porta potty and have him just get tipped over. <laughs> but remember, this is him this is also Roman in storyline getting payback for freaking being handcuffed to the ring mm-hmm. twice and then having dog fruit the dog food thrown all over his face. So okay. I mean, we can ta- we can say all we want about oh well you know, it's kind of annoying that it happened to Corbin, but, you know, no, it was annoying just, to have the dog food spot happen to, to Roman. I just think it was an unnecessary spot. I, I agree. Now, I will tell you that I was scared that either Roman or Corbin was going to fall off the dugout into the clubhouse. That would have been crappy. Like, on top of the area where they were coming out. Yes. I was afraid of that. Now, because they're pros... They probably set up a spot where there was no chance of that happening, but you're in an element where you're literally running on top of something that you're not used to running on top of. All right, well, I get I, that I, it's concrete. I but- think what they made sure to do is, um, you know, Angel Stadium. Mm-hmm. All right, so you know how like the Rally Monkey always runs around in the seventh inning at Angel Stadium. Yes. So there's the dugout, and then there's the roofing. That's, mm-hmm. I believe that's where Roman and Baron Corbin were on top okay. of. So that what if I'm not mistaken. That's basically the ceiling or the the roof line of the dugout, and I believe that's where they were on top of. So uh, the cover was over the actual aired portion of the dugout. So I I believe. I was just, I was just like, wow, they're on top of the dugout. Yeah, I feel I I totally understand that. So um, obviously, the only spot they were really going to do on concrete was probably a spear. Um, they. They probably weren't going to try and do, you know, deep six out there. Or end of days. Right. Of course not. So he hits a spear. He stumbles over. He covers Baron Corbin. One, two, three. My initial reaction was, and I'm screwed at the rumble. (laughs) 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 Because very rarely do people work twice in a night and win the second match. Yeah. Very rarely. Brock Lesnar is one of the few. Brock Lesnar beat the big show. And in order to get into the Royal Rumble in 2003 and then won the Royal Rumble. Yes. But again, storyline. Yes. So, Roman Reigns gets his win over Baron Corbin. King. 
there in Corbin. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have a feeling that uh, I have a feeling we're going to see these two in the elimination chamber, More along unlikely. with along with four other guys. Yeah, probably one more from SmackDown and probably three from Raw. That would be my guess because I doubt we're going to have three chamber matches. I don't know if the, I don't see the point of incorporating Raw when Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar has been set. Well, maybe the guy wins from Raw and he comes and challenges the Fiend. Who would? I'm not going to get into that because that's an entirely different podcast in itself. But sure, I well, guess I, I see what you mean. That's also why I wouldn't have had Drew McIntyre announce who he's facing until after Elimination Chamber. Yeah, but remember, Rollins went ahead and announced that he was challenging Brock Lesnar last year. I understand that. Yeah. I'm saying that. Like, now a SmackDown guy has to win Chamber. So now are we saying it's only a SmackDown Chamber and the Raw guys are screwed? You're right. Last year at Elimination Chamber, they didn't make it for the number one contendership. They made it a WWE title match, which which I suppose they could do Which this year I don't think would be applicable. I don't think The Fiend should have to defend his title against five guys. Fair enough, because there's not five guys. Like, honestly, I would rather him and Daniel Bryan have one more match. Okay. Sure. And then have him face whoever. I'm just saying, I I understand that Daniel Bryan's now lost. No, actually, he's only lost once. Twice. Lost the Survivor Series, too. Thank you. Yeah. By the way, I apologize. Bleacher Report gave that match a B plus, but still, a B plus is, that's still a pretty high grade to me. So, I mean, that's, I, I would rather. better than a B plus. I would rather Daniel Bryan be like, I want another shot at him. I'm entering the elimination chamber. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, considering the way that he was walking out of the stadium on mm-hmm. Sunday, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. But I was referring to the fact that Bleacher Report gave Corbin and Reigns B plus. I think he was a little bit better than B plus, but that's still a so high why? grade to me. I actually thought it was a very strong look. It was a very strong opener. Very strong. I like the first pre. I like the first two pre-show matches, and I like this match. Yes. Now, <sighs> and then we get to. Okay, I know. I know what's going to be said about this match, and we'll talk about it right now. The women's Royal Rumble match. Now, I think. I'm going to say this, Ross. Mm -hmm. I don't mean to go ahead and interject, but I mean, we're talking about the match, so I'm going to go ahead and just say, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want it to come across that I'm mad at the fact that Charlotte ended up winning. Now, She did win. She did win, yes. For those of you who don't know, Charlotte Flair is the- By last eliminating Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler. I I picked Ronda to win. Ross picked Shayna. I did. I felt very good when she came out at 30. Yeah. I I was like, here we go. Here we go. she came out at 30. Um- they did a few things right in this Royal Rumble. Um, I think that Shayna looking as good as she did was was a smart move. Bianca Belair looking as strong as she did, which, by the way, they had to make her look strong because she's got an NXT women's title shot versus Rhea Ripley at NXT TakeOver Portland in about three weeks. So it was very important that she was made to look very strong in this match, and I think that they did a very good job about that. Um, I think Alexa Bliss looked very strong in this match. Um I think that there were a couple of pieces that were really moving well, uh, such as the the Lana and Liv Morgan spot. Like they they, even though it was very short, they, you know they they gave emphasis to it because it deserved it because of all the TFT time that it's been getting over the past few weeks. And it was nice to see Liv get it Liv get the chance to eliminate Lana. Now of course she ended up getting eliminated right after that, but that's not the point. Um, and I think that the biggest highlight of this entire Royal Rumble, besides Shayna showing up at 30, was 
what might what some people might call the spot of the weekend. Let's be completely fair here. Let's give Otis and Mandy Rose the credit that it deserves. So we will get to that in just a moment. We will. So Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair started the Women's Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. I will admit. Surprising. Very surprising. Especially Bianca Belair being at number two. I was like, that's not something I expected. Well, look, here's the thing. Okay, so Bianca Belair may be either one of the... Well, I mean, her her gimmick aside, even though I hate it... She is by far one of the most athletic women in professional absolutely. wrestling today. Um, I don't think Alexa Bliss has worked with anybody close to her. Mm, I mean... That, uh, no, no. I mean, Charlotte, Charlotte maybe is... Close, but Charlotte's right. a little bit different than that. That's, that's Bianca's, what I'm saying. Bianca's an entirely different league of athleticism. So, I mean, you could tell the first little bit of them working together was a little like... Alexa was just kind of trying to get used to it, yeah. Uh, Alexa's offense was slaps at first. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, look at the size difference. Alexa Bliss, we, were actually, had, we actually had this conversation on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss is five foot mm-hmm. one on a good day my wife is how, taller than how tall is bianca belair taller than that i, I don't think she's well, you have a computer over there let's, let's do it right now asking. hang on for one second she's not as i don't think she's as tall i'm gonna say as, um i'm gonna say charlotte but i'm gonna go ahead and say i'm gonna say she's five eight let's see tell you in a second i'd be surprised if she's five nine she's five, she's seven. five eight. Oh, really yeah build height is five eight okay yeah i guess five eight this also says five seven. Okay, the point is, somebody that's five eight standing next to somebody that's five foot. There's a difference. There's a huge difference. Okay, so these two started. I'm not going to go and, through and everybody. Charlotte's five ten, mind you. I'm not going to go through everybody. Basically, the surprise entrants were Mighty Molly, mm-hmm. Molly Holly. For those of you that didn't know, Mercedes Martinez. For those of you that do not know, because somebody actually asked me this, she's actually been in professional wrestling for twenty years. Yes. She's 39 years old. Shotzi Blackheart was another... Uh, uh, yes. Tegan Knox. Uh, yes. Uh, Tony Storm, your girl Tony Storm. She was a, um, she was a surprise agent. I, it, it, it was nice to see uh, Dakota Kai out there as well. Chelsea Green, even though she was in there for like 12 seconds. It's kind of She cool. did get an elimination. I'll give her... Oh, Naomi came back. That was awesome. Yes. That was great to see Naomi back. And she did a cool spot to get back into the ring. All right, so... I'll get to that in just a second. Oh, good. We actually got to see Zelina wrestle. Yes. She does not do that all the time. No. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then uh, I know you want to talk ad nauseum about Santina Morella, which somebody actually defended to me today, and I get it. What the, what defense? What defense could they possibly have given for Santina Morella to okay, show up in the so Women's Royal Rumble? Hold on. Hold, by the way, we also saw Kelly Kelly do her spot, too. Yes. Good for Kelly um, Kelly. So who were you asking about again? I'm sorry. Somebody. Oh, Naomi. Yeah. Okay. That spot is so contrived. I do not look forward to it every year. It's true. Okay. I'm sorry. She's doing the Kofi spot. Yes. Yes. Okay. And Kofi should be the only person doing the Kofi spot. No. Okay. And even then, Kofi doesn't have to do the Kofi spot. Okay. First of all, Kofi does not have to do the spot every year. Okay. Okay. Leave it to somebody else. There's another guy that just came back that used to do a very similar spot to that named John Morrison. This is true. 
Okay. And by the way, you don't have to do that spot every year. No, you don't. You're absolutely correct. In I'm, fact, they did a really cool spot that was different this year involving Mandy Rose and Otis. Oh, my God. Okay. Great. That and then spot, last year with, with, with uh, Casey Catanzaro, the way that she was hanging on yes, to the ring post. Exactly. I don't need to see Naomi on the outside schlepping around for seven minutes trying to find a way to skate back in. No. We saw Mandy Rose get caught by Otis. I'm sorry, she fell on Otis, and then later she was caught, and then Sonya fell on top of them, and that's how they were both eliminated. Yeah. Okay, that spot was cool. It was, it was different. It was storyline. I didn't need to see two of those the spots. The camera spot was just perfect, because you just see Mandy fall over, and you're like, ah, oh, damn it, Mandy, and then Otis is right there. He's like, Otis! Yeah, Otis! So it was it was awesome. I, I I was a little bit of a mark out moment for me. I was I've been saying this for forever. Like shout out to Otis, my guy. It was awesome. Hey Mandy, woo! It was awesome. It was great. It was. Okay. Okay. So here was the defense of Santina Morella. I'm looking okay. forward to this. First one. of all, full disclosure: Sasha Banks was not cleared. Yeah. Nia Jax was not cleared. Ronda was not at this event. Yeah. And we already had. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve NXT women in this match. Yeah, shout out to them. Okay. So are we just gonna oh, now could Kaylee Ray have been in this match? Yes. She could have. Yes. Could Piper Niven have been in this match? Yes, she could have. But they didn't. Mm-hmm. So the storyline was the, icon- the, but the iconics. The were iconics not in this could match. have been in this match too. Yeah. Okay. The storyline was Natalia and Beth Phoenix were in the ring late together. Right. Okay. Which is a, a you're problem gonna, in itself. You're gonna do a comedy spot. Yeah. That involves the two of them in that part of the match where you basically have a throwaway entrant. Okay. Is it stupid? Does it not play well? No, it doesn't. But you know what? Santino Morella is still really good at comedy wrestling. I, listen, I love Santino Morella. Yes. I do. And I think that this is my anger of Ronda not being there. And Sure. You know, that was probably it. I'm fully willing to admit it. I saw him standing with Natty and with um, Beth Phoenix. And when he grabbed the Cobra and he strapped it on, I was like, oh, actually, this is really entertaining. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that. I think my anger like I was just saying, was more of Ronda's not there, Sasha didn't show up, Nia wasn't there, and I was like taken aback, and I was really frustrated, and Mm -hmm. I was also more frustrated. This is not, okay. On this podcast, if you've ever listened to it, you might be aware, I actually try to defend people from Ross on a different, on a lot of different occasions. (laughs) You know, Ross is laughing, but it's the truth, and it's not anything against Ross, it's just I try to go ahead and see the positive angles as best as I can on this show. That's what makes this show so great, that him and I are so different, and we have two entirely different opinions, but they're both brutally honest and incredibly intelligent. That all said, Beth Phoenix is working as best as she can to be the best commentator she can be in NXT, and she's getting better and better. Is she great? Hell no. Is she trying her best? Yes. No, in fact, I'm pretty sure I've told you she is the worst commentator in WWE right now. You have said that, and I am- I'm pretty sure I stand by that. And that's fine. You're more than welcome to do so. But I try to give her props, and she's getting better. She's getting better. I mean, I would hope so. Yeah, obviously Mm -hmm. she wouldn't have a job if she was sucking every night. 
Um, I don't know. There's plenty of people that still have jobs that aren't good at them. But this is true. I'm that all being, being said, I'm just I'm just being a prick now. I'm no, sorry. it's okay. I still have this job. Um, <laughs> see, I can play around. Um, <laughs> what I what I did not like was Beth Phoenix being in this damn match for 23 minutes and five seconds. Okay, so full disclosure. Uh, there was a spot with her and Bianca Belair where she took a bump against a ring post. Uh-huh. She got cut open. Uh-huh. It got worse as the night dragged on. Uh-huh. It got more gross as the match went on. Yeah, she full-on changed hair colors mid-match. I mean, literally, she pulled a Ric Flair. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, so they have to find a way to get her out of the ring and get this treated. And then I kept going, I was like, She's going to make the final four. This is like she has to gut this out. She has to because Santina's not coming out till 29. And that's the spot. And she's going to be out there the whole time. But that's the problem right there. Why, oh, why did you feel the need that Beth Phoenix needed to make it to the final four? You're meaning to tell me that out of all the 29 other competitors mm-hmm. that, you know, not, not named Charlotte and Shayna. And uh, who else made... Oh, Natalia was also in that final four, mm-hmm. wasn't she? Those were the final four. And even then, okay. Natty sure as hell didn't even need to be make it into the final four. I can give Tell you... Tell us how you really feel about the Royal Rumble that ended with the Big Show and Kane being eliminated by Roman Reigns to uh, end that pay-per-view. And then, actually, Rusev was the last person to be eliminated. Thank you very much. That was the final four? Yes, I know. Um, that, by the way, that is an amazing statistic. The The year Roman Reigns won the Rumble, the only year he won the Rumble, the final four was Rusev, the Big Show, and the mayor of Knox County. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but let me just let me go ahead and list. I know you didn't want to listen, but I'm just going to list a, a few of the competitors that I would have had in the final four. Oh, Manny- hold, on, hold on, hold on. Time out. Before you go there. Yeah. Okay. It's not always who should make the final four. But I, I agree. Who sh- you're right. But why in God's name did Beth Phoenix make it to the final four? She is a comp. This is like Ross. Okay. This is like if Michael Cole would have made the not final the four in 20. Not what? the same. It's not the same. What the hell are you talking of it's course the it's same. the same. I understand that Beth Phoenix is a pr- retired, great okay. women's professional Time out. wrestler. Okay, I'm going to negate your argument right now. Why was Edge in the final four? I'm here to tell you he probably shouldn't have been. Okay. I'm here to tell you he probably uh, and, shouldn't and have been. And by the way, I'm here to tell you right now, him making the final four was an awesome moment. Oh, it was. It absolutely now, I am not equating the fact that Beth Phoenix making the final four was as awesome as Edge making the no, final four. No, but four. here's the thing. Like, I think that people are like, oh my God, Beth Phoenix made the final four and her husband mm-hmm. made the final four and blah, 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 blah. The difference between Edge and Beth Phoenix is Edge hasn't wrestled in nine years. Beth Phoenix just had a match at WrestleMania last year. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's not like Beth Phoenix... Who hasn't been cleared to wrestle? Beth Phoenix retired on her own terms because mm-hmm. she wanted to have babies with Adam Copeland. Edge. Don't go, don't go ahead and come at me and say, "Oh my God, she's so incredible." She decided to take her ass home and go ahead and chill in Toronto. Okay. I don't need her to go ahead and be in the final four of the Women's Royal Rumble okay. when you have women like Kyrie Sane and Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke. Uh, let's see, Nay. Nay- Tony Storm, for goodness sake. I'll give her that. Carmella. Okay. Were you were you complaining when Batista won the Rumble a couple of years ago? Yes, I was. Okay. Here's what I'm saying. People like nostalgia. 
as much as people will gripe. Look, it's the same reason why I get on people for not liking the last Star Wars movie. Ooh, it was too nostalgic. Ah, uh, people like that. I'm sorry that it's not new. I'm sorry that it's not, oh, well, I only want my favorite people at the end. Guess what? There are people that hate Charlotte Flair. There are people that don't like Becky Lynch. I know they're in the minority, but there are people that don't like these people. So just because, okay, I'm not grouping you in with here, but I'm making the point of the argument that you just made. Okay. Just because the fans don't get what they want and they don't get the stars that they want in the final. Of, okay, guess what? Mm. Okay, nobody wanted Beth Phoenix to win. Of course not. It came down to it was either going to be Charlotte or Shayna. And how you got there is how you got there. Now, I would have called an audible and had Santina come out earlier and done that spot earlier and gotten Beth Phoenix out of the ring because she was bleeding. Apparently, Beth Phoenix didn't want to get out of the ring. She wanted to tough it out, which I respect her for. Sure, of that's course. That's cool. No, that's that's dope. Good for you. And this, I'm not a Beth Phoenix hater. I appreciate the hell out of Beth Phoenix, and she's one of the greatest women's competitor we competitors we have ever seen in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. I just didn't need her going. Hell, I didn't need Natalia going to the final four let alone Beth Phoenix. And and my answer to you is you don't always get what you want. True, but I mean at some listen, I have been and maybe this is my maybe this is a beef that I have that they're not doing what they need to do. And the funny thing is you're the bigger Mandy Rose fan than I am. But Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, I've said this since last year. They are running out of time and these two women one more than the other has potential of mega stardom and they are choosing to look the other way with the both of them let alone one ross and it's why in why in the hell are they still not tag team champions is beyond me let alone why has mandy rose not gotten a clean title shot for the smackdown women's title give them a rub for god's sake but give them at least final five these two women were in the Rumble, 849 for Mandy, 531 for Sonya. Mm-hmm. And the- by the way, they were they were one person between one another. Mm-hmm. Mandy came out at eight. Excuse me. I'm yeah. Mandy came out at eight. Sonya came out at ten. Because mm-hmm. it was the spot in the match. Now. Okay, last last few things because yeah, we've yeah. actually talked about this longer than I, I wanted to. So no, it's fine. I'm so okay, <laughs> Bianca Belair had eight eliminations. She had an awesome night. She, she lasted did. for 33 minutes. Yeah, she did. Shana, Shana Baszler had eight eliminations in four and a half minutes, and no one talked about it. No one. Shayna killed it. Shayna Baszler came it. in, strutted like she always does. Yep. She came just, in and just said, "I'm winning." I, lo- I love when she puts on her mouthpiece. Like, that is one of my favorite things that she does. I like her little thing she does in the ring where, where she's getting warmed up and swinging around. She basically is just like, don't mess with me. She's such a badass. I've been on the Shayna Baszler train for over I'm a well year. I'm well aware of that. No, so no. Shayna I, Baszler I, currently is the top woman in WWE not named Becky Lynch or Charlotte Flair. I'm going to give my I'm gonna give credit to my buddy Ben who made this, uh, to, who made this comparison. Yeah. Shayna Baszler is the next Kurt Angle of this company. That's high praise. That's well deserved. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's cool. He also said that Baron Corbin's one of the best heels in wrestling right now. It made me smile. 
Good. It made me smile. It's about time somebody agreed with you and I. We talked about Shayna. We talked about Sammy Callahan, Impact. A couple other people. Yeah. But, yeah. So, for all you Baron Corbin haters out there, suck it. (laughs) Let them know. So, here was the thing, though. So oh, a, oh, let's, but, let's 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 close out with the fact that Charlotte won the Rumble. She did. So uh, Baszler had eight, Belair had eight, Charlotte had four. Yeah, Alexa Bliss had three. Yes. So and everybody else had either none or one. Twenty-three yep. of the twenty-nine eliminations were by four people. It's pretty impressive. And yes, Charlotte wins by eliminating Shayna Baszler. Yes. Pointing at the sign. The little graphic light board, the LED board yep. in uh, center field. Yeah, she put up a, a photo of herself that uh, Kim Orton, uh, wife of Randy Orton, put mm-hmm. up of her. She's like, hashtag ugly crying. <laughs> Yikes. She, her and her dad are so good at ugly crying. That's I don't true. know if that's a compliment or not. I don't think it is. Uh, but I do love Charlotte. I will tell you, looking back on it, I am shocked that neither of us went with the safe pick of Charlotte. I, I picked Shayna and you picked Ronda, and neither of us were like, this is true. Charlotte Flair is due for a Rumble win. Why didn't either of us pick but her? But that's the problem right there. Like, what are they going to do? You and I have been talking all night about this whole report that's coming out from PW Insider and Lucha Libre Online said the same thing, that a plan, a potential plan, might be for Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. I mean, I guess that's cool, and I mean, it'd be fresh, but I mean... It's still NXT, you know? Mm-hmm. They they could have... Listen, I love Charlotte Flair. She has done everything that a woman could possibly do in this entire business. She has many of into the WrestleMania. She is a 10-time women's champion. She's on her way to becoming better than her dad. It's unreal. Mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler needed the rub. But you know what, though? Uh, if If the rumors are true... Yeah. That Charlotte is going to NXT to challenge Rhea Ripley. There's plenty of ways to get Shayna and Becky without the Rumble win. True, but I want Ronda and Becky more, personally. So then what do you do with Shayna? Go ahead and put her on with SmackDown and have her whoop Bailey's ass. Heel versus heel? Trust me when I tell you Shayna. Of course they're going to cheer Shayna. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, now, personally, now remember, this is me saying. Ronda's not coming back. Yeah, I know. Yet. I'm, I'm still on that train until I don't see her at WrestleMania. And I think there's money in a Shayna Becky feud. Oh, I know there's money in the so, Becky Shayna so, feud. I'm well aware of so that. So I would just do it and yeah. have Ronda come back at SummerSlam. But I know damn, that's dude, I've been eight wait, we've months been away. A long time. Like, or, we've, already, okay. we've been saying that since WrestleMania. It's like, well, Ronda's going to come back at SummerSlam. Or oh, no, okay. she's not. She's coming back at Survivor Series. And I was like, here we go. No, hold on. Time out. Yeah, Here's an idea that you'll love. Go ahead. Surprise entrant from Money in the Bank, Ronda Rousey. She'll come out in the last five seconds and win the match. <laughs> Just kidding. I know. Not really, though. I hated that ending. It's still one of my least favorite pay-per-views of 2019. Thanks a lot, Brock. <laughs> it, Paul it, Heyman, I still love you. You're one of the greatest it's, it's, people it's in wrestling right now. one of the greatest right ladder matches you'll ever see. Okay, Ross, how much time do we have to give Basie, All right, Basie, Bailey I'm going to pull my favorite thing to do on this show. Bailey and Lacey Evans had a match. Bailey won. I'm moving on. Me too. Okay, Although great. I will say this. For those of you who are saying that Lacey is not that great, will you please just shut up? Like, Lacey's great. The, the term I keep he- hearing with Lacey Evans was she was too ambitious. Like, she tried to be too cute in the match. I didn't see it. There was one spot where she missed a roll back in off of Bailey's back, getting back into the ring. 
That was it. And she there was a spot where she almost fell out of the ring and she held herself up with her I foot. Agreed. That was dope. Now, she is one of the most athletic women on the roster right now. Now, I will tell you that I think they missed a golden opportunity and maybe they'll make up for it this week on SmackDown. Okay? You're showing the daughter and the husband on TV. Just have her win the title. No. Why not have Bailey just do a spot where she mocks them? And then, boom, women's right, right to the face. Or, if the plan is for Bailey to win anyway, she does it, Lacey gets distracted, and then Bailey hits her move and wins. That's all. Yeah. They missed a golden opportunity. They did. It was a match that was nine minutes. I have nothing more to say. Bailey retains. It was terrible. The, the Women's Royal Rumble into this was a very long hour plus that I was just like not about. All right. Now, these next two matches, we have actually very different opinions on. I will tell uh, you that right now. Yeah. Okay. So, The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan in a strap match for the Universal title. Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, no red light. I was instantly more interested in the match. Absolutely. Okay. So hopefully the red light thing is over. Or perhaps they just didn't have the, the I don't know. Hopefully it's the end of it because it was dumb. Really dumb. So I didn't think this needed to be a strap match. And for me, a strap match involves. Both guys using the strap, or both gals, Mm -hmm. using the strap as a weapon, and it plays into the finish, because it's the gimmick of the match, okay? It's not a Texas bull rope match, but most Texas bull rope match, the Texas bull rope is probably involved in some way in the match, and a lot of times in the finish. Yes? Okay. Watch Eddie Guerrero versus JBL, Great American Bash 2004. So, with these kind of matches... If they're done correctly, I'm fine with, okay? I know that these two are capable of having a good match without the stipulation. Yeah. I thought the stipulation was a bit forced. Mm -hmm. And the opening part of the match was The Fiend beating the hell out of Daniel Bryant, which, by the way, I did find it funny. So he was hitting him over the back, Mm -hmm. right? And then... He starts hitting him in the front, and Daniel Bryant immediately turtles up and basically probably tells him, just hit me in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, honestly, Bray was just wailing on him with those straps. Well, they were both wailing on each other, to be fair. Knowing Daniel Bryant, he probably told him, lay him in. Oh, yeah. Because guys, like, very much like Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels would say, you know what? You just got to lay him in. Yeah. Well, you remember um, the first Greatest Royal Rumble? The one where Braun won. The one where Braun won, yeah. Did Do you remember D-Bry's D- chest where he was at, He actually had a specks of blood on yes, his chest because of the amount of slaps that he had taken mm-hmm. throughout the match from Big Cass, from Strowman, mm-hmm. from everybody? Like, it was gnarly. Daniel Bryan's... Uh, Daniel Bryan is a... He's a bad man. So, it's the same problem I've had with every Fiend match. Okay. Uh-huh. The no selling. I know that bothers It's you. not just the no selling. Okay. Now, this may be controversial, what I'm about to say, but it's the truth in about 99% of people that, that do this. Okay. When you wear a mask, you don't get the emotion as much as when you don't wear a mask of the pain you are in. 
Rey Correct. Mysterio is a little bit different because you can actually see his mouth. But okay. yes, I do get that. But remember, in his earlier days when he wrestled, he did not wear the open-ended mask. That's a good point. Uh-huh. Okay. So, again, I'm not saying it's everybody. What I'm saying is that, okay, you want to know why NBA players are seen more as more than just athletes when it comes to when you view them playing the sport they're not wearing a helmet they're not wearing helmets yeah they're not football players that are wearing helmets that's a detriment against race car drivers yes yeah that's a detriment against a lot of football players now that being said they need to wear helmets but yes you don't see the emotion you can see the emotion of a baseball player and a basketball player even though baseball players are wearing helmets Mm -hmm. they're not full masks correct yeah so the reason I bring that up, because we're both sports guys and we've made it known on this show that that's where a lot of our references are going to come from anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if if The Fiend is in any pain. He Again, his character probably says he's not. So, at some point, it comes back to, do I really think Daniel Bryan's going to beat a guy who basically is telling you nothing is working against him? Oh, he's in a submission hold. Well, the fiend just rolled out of it and put him in a hold. Oh, Daniel Bryan hit him a bunch of times really hard in the chest. Did he flinch? Did he gasp? Did he do anything? Mm. No. So Daniel Bryan might as well have been fighting a wall. I know that's the character. I know that's what we're at, but I'm sorry. I'm at the point. This is one of the main reasons why I'm over this character. Mm. Okay, the backstage stuff, the stuff with the split personality, I get it. I get it. The stuff in the ring, I'm over it. Because literally what you're telling me is there's a guy holding a creepy belt with his face on it that walks into a ring, laughs maniacally, puts a chokehold on you, doesn't feel anything, and walks out. At least with The Undertaker, there are times where I'm like, oh, even though he's supposed to be the dead man, right? Because that's yeah, the when gimmick. People, when people would go ahead and kick out of a tombstone, he'd have this look of like, what in God's name is going yes. on? Yeah, it's true. Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25 is the perfect example of that. Look, I understand he's supposed to be this creepy creature, mm. split personality, Mr. Rogers, underworld demon guy. Okay? <laughs> I get it. Right. But at no point in this match was I like, Daniel Bryan's going to get one up on him. I never felt. Again, it goes back to, now, at no point did I think Daniel Bryan was going to win, which is another horrible thing about wrestling, in that 80% of the time I know who's going to win, which is a problem they have on their own. But it took me out of the match. Now, the no red light thing instantly got me more into it. Mm Mm-hmm. Almost everything that else they did, other than showing the brutality of the fiend against Daniel Bryan, eh, eh. Well, I think that's actually what kind of kept me involved, invested. Okay, was the brutality of it because the way that Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, I'm going to tell you this right now, does not get an anywhere near enough credit for being able to go ahead and sail his ass off for people. Daniel Bryan. I Daniel Bryan's about, awesome. Daniel Bryan is amazing. I always talk about the best seller in the business right now is still Dolph Ziggler, but there's something absolutely beautiful about what Daniel does to sell offense for his opponents. And and he did that he did that for the fiend. Case in point, and I texted you this the, the sister Abigail where it was essentially okay, 
So for, so for those of you who like Bray Wyatt and, and follow Bray Wyatt, then you know Sister Abigail is essentially he's going forward and you're basically kind of on your back and Sister Abigail is he's essentially tossing you face first at a rapid speed and you hit chest face first. Correct? So the move is imagine that I am holding you in a cradle position. In a cradle position where you're facing upward against looking up at my arm. Yes, you're against your against our side, against Ross's side. And I side. violently spin you in a way to where your face goes across my body and hits the ground as I spin towards the ground. Correct. That's that's the move. That is the now, move. Now, what I will tell you is that he should do Sister Abigail into his claw. He should see- spin you. Uh-huh. Face first, turn you over, put the claw on you. Then while you're fighting to get out of it, you finally are on the mat and then you get pinned. I think that's a little bit too convoluted, but I kind of see where you're at. All I'm doing is spinning you on your face. Uh So I've dazed you. Yeah. Then I flip you over. You think I'm going to pick you up and then I put the mandible claw on you on the ground. Sorry. I was thinking entirely something different okay yes that makes sense that's fine another thing they could do is he could have him in that position uh-huh. then you put the mandible claw on and then you spin him that could be fun too that could be fun maybe i could I'm see just that. saying there are just ideas yeah little twists i'm sorry to interrupt you. no it's okay the brutality of this match was what really kind of kept me invested and not just the brutality from Bray Wyatt to Daniel Bryan but Daniel Bryan also went ahead and laid some stuff in there his running knee was delivered perfectly and it's one of the few times I've seen somebody go ahead and kick out of the running knee of course it was going to be the fiend but it was a close two count that was close as all as all could be mm-hmm. all right that's the first thing about it and then secondly you know Daniel Bryan was just hitting him with everything he had and of course Bray Wyatt was like nope that's not gonna work and to end the match Bray Wyatt Grabs him in the mandible claw, but it's not just grabbing him in the mandible claw. He essentially does a choke slam off that mandible claw. It's true. And it drops Daniel Bryan hard. And it just goes back to the brutality of what is the fiend, which is something that I've been able to appreciate over the last few months. And when you mix him in with a guy like Daniel Bryan, who's willing to go ahead and give his body for this match... To me, I'm immediately able to get invested. And not to mention the wicked in-ring chemistry that these two have. It's unreal how good the chemistry is between Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt. I prefaced with, this match did not need the strap match stipulation. But, ladies and gentlemen, you just heard two sides of this match, which I knew there were going to be, of why I didn't enjoy it and why you did. Yes. So, Uh, And guess what? I bet you most people are on your side, and that's okay. Yeah, no, I know. It's all good. And what I was going to say is about the sister Abigail that he performed on Daniel Bryan in this match. Oh, my gosh. That was one of the most wicked sister Abigails I've ever seen. It was the truth. It was basically him having Daniel Bryan lifted in midair. Not even grabbing him from Daniel Bryan being in that cradle position with his feet on the floor. He's essentially in midair and spins him into Sister Abigail. It was the truth. This match was dope to me. And Ross is entitled to his opinion. And he makes great points as always because he's a brilliant young man. I'm just going to disagree with him. I thought that The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan was much better than you're giving it credit for. 
And it was a very good 17-minute match. A very, very good 17-minute match. I'm actually willing to go on a limb and actually say it was the best one-on-one match of the evening. I actually best enjoyed it more than Roman versus uh, Corbin. Okay. Yeah. Well, boy, howdy, we're about to get to another polarizing match. Becky Lynch versus Asuka for the Raw Women's title. Okay. Now, go ahead, Ross. I'll let you go okay. ahead and start. The entire storyline is, I can't beat Asuka. She's got my number. I got to pull a, ya boy, Triple H, and get my win back. It's the entire storyline. She's the only person she can't beat. She lost to her a year ago. Twice. Well, I mean, she lost in a tag match. Uh, remember the triple threat, too. And technically, she... No. So she no. lost a triple... And they did lose in the latter match. Yeah. So she's lost to Asuka three different times. Okay. So that's the storyline. Yeah. Okay. To be fair... <sighs> Look... I knew Becky Lynch was going to win. You know what made last year's Royal Rumble match so great for me? On top of the fact that it was one of the best five matches in WWE last year as a match, Mm -hmm. as a wrestling match with me watching it live, enjoying it, including the AJ Daniel Bryan match, which nobody gives any credit for. And to be fair, when he says the Royal Rumble match last year, he's not referring to the actual Royal Rumble match. No, I'm talking about the Oscar-Becky Lynch match. Yeah, Oscar-Becky won. Yes, that match, the AJ Bryan match, which nobody gives any credit for. I don't care. It's awesome. The point is, that match was great because nobody thought Becky was losing. And she did. She lost. Clean. It was actually kind of cool. Now, this is before I really hated the character, but... This was of the thing of, oh my gosh, Becky Lynch lost. Becky she, tapped. Is she going to be in the Rumble? Yeah. Like there was actually like intrigue and storyline. Yeah, we weren't sure. This was, yep, just waiting for Asuka to lose. Now, in fairness, maybe it was a better match than I'm going to give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It's not going to hold a candle to last year. Now, well, Ross, you've liked matches where you've liked the first match and enjoyed other matches in a feud, because, and even though it's another match in the feud, blah, 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 blah. You're right. I have. I don't talk like that. <laughs> I just, didn't say that was you. I know, That man, was not I'm an just, impression I'm of just, you. I'm just blaming. My blame. point is that this match, to me, mm. was... So Asuka's half of the tag team champions, mm. and Becky Lynch is... The man. Okay. What's happened over the last year? They're not on the same level. They were a year ago. Not anymore. So why am I supposed to be invested in this? That would be like saying, you know what, Ross? So-and-so has had a great year in WWE. We're going to have her face Becky. But Becky's just going to beat her because she's had a better year. I'm not invested. I'm just not. So, for me, fair or not, Mm -hmm. this was the match, especially after the weirdness that was the Bray-Daniel Bryan match, which, again, I was kind of out of anyway. To you. Right? To me, I was just like, 
waiting for the men's rumble. Now, I know what you're going to say. The disrespect of that comment. I always channel my inner undertaker on that one. The disrespect. More to Stephen A. I know. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> you will respect me. <laughs> Remember that gimmick from The Undertaker? Yeah, 2002. Where went around beating up people because yeah. nobody respected him, even though yep. everybody did, because yep. he was delusional. It was yep. actually kind of cool. It was. Yeah, it was it before really he was. went babyface with uh, American Badass. Yeah. Yeah, good times. Where he was dragging around Hogan on his motorcycle. Hilarious. Good times. Big evil. God, I miss The Undertaker. I don't even care that he's old. I miss him. He is the man. It's, 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 look, I know that the match against Goldberg and he's old and he probably shouldn't be wrestling anymore. Hey, that Extreme Rules match with uh, Roman and, and uh, McIntyre and Shane was straight fire. What I'm saying is I miss, it's like, it's like the guy you've watched play for 20 years. It's like when MJ was slowing down with the And he Wizards. comes back for his 21st year and you're like, oh. It's how Patriots felt about, felt about Tom Brady this year. Yeah, I have no, I have no. Crummy river. That's what I say to Patriots fans. Uh, so back to the task at hand. Uh-huh. As I've been for months, I am waiting for Becky Lynch to lose. I knew it wasn't going to happen on this match, so I was not invested in the match, which means I really didn't care about the match. See, that, okay. There's that being a- said... Maybe it was a good match. I'll let Jorge take over. Okay, that being said, see, here's the difference between Ross and I. Ross gets too emotionally invested in the fact that he knows who is going to win, so he can't get emotionally invested. He's emotionally invested in the fact that he can't get emotionally invested. It's very interesting. It's a very interesting dynamic. Ross does not want to appreciate what was a good match because he knew Becky was going to win. To be completely 100% fair, I also picked Becky Lynch to win this match, which meant that I also felt almost extremely confident about Becky winning this match against Asuka because you, we know she's going to WrestleMania as the Raw Women's Champion. That being said, I will still call a bull a bull, and when I say that this was a good match, this was still a good match. I, I choose... To take away the aspect of me knowing what professional, uh, what the business is of professional wrestling, and then choose myself to still be able to go ahead and be a fan and appreciate a great match, right? Becky versus Oscar two was not as good as Becky versus Oscar one, but it's in the same vein where Rocky two was a very very good follow up to Rocky. Becky and Asuka 2 was a very good follow-up to Becky versus Asuka 1. It's not better. It's not Lethal Weapon 2 to Lethal Weapon, because Lethal Weapon 2 is better than Lethal Weapon, for those of you who can't get that. But it was... Oh, yeah, dude. Lethal Weapon 2, dope as hell. Oh, so good. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Was yeah. Lethal Weapon 2 diplomatic immunity? Yeah, and the, the South and Africans? The, and the... Because uh, you're black. Krugerrand. Yeah. Because you're blick. You know what? I actually liked all four of those movies. They're so dope. They're, They're it, underrated, all four of them. I love them. Yeah, shout out to Richard We're Donner. not too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so good. No, no, it's okay. I love the Lethal Weapon movies. We're not too old for this. Yeah, that's why I don't watch the Lethal Weapon show, because I'm not 100% sure that it's going to be anywhere near as good as the movies. Wait, wait, wait. Say the, say, the, uh, say the line the guy does. Diplomatic immunity. 
diplomatic immunity. Has been revoked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Becky and Oscar. Oh my gosh. I sidetrack them. My point yeah. is that Becky versus Oscar 2 was not quite on par, but I said this to you last week and I've said it for weeks. Becky versus Oscar 1 was so good that it there was no way there was no way that these two girls were going to be able to pull off the same magic that they pulled off last year. Look at look at I'm I'm not comparing it because one of them is an all-time classic, but it's like the WrestleMania 26 match between The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, there was no way that they could recreate the magic that they created one year prior. There was no way. That doesn't take away from the fact that the sequel was dope. You know? And we all knew that Taker was going to retire Shawn Michaels as well. You know? So I think that we just need, as wrestling fans, to get away from the journalistic viewpoint sometimes and just appreciate the in-ring competitiveness and action that is occurring in front of you and say, damn, Becky's really going for it all. Damn, Asuka's beating her ass. Man, this is they, those two have great in-ring chemistry, and we just need to appreciate that. That's my personal viewpoint. Tell you what. Yeah. I'll be a fair man. Okay. As I am on this show. As always. As always. I will be fair. Mm-hmm. I will rewatch the match. Fair enough. And by the way, to be, to uh, we've said fair on a few different occasions now, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to be completely honest with you. You have looked at me dead in the eye and said, when you first watched Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan last year, hated you it. hated that match. Rewatched it. And Still you, mostly don't like it, but appreciate it more. That's the whole point. So that is the whole I will point. be fair yeah. and rewatch the match, and then I'll get back to you. Fair. Okay. And by the way, if you come back to me in a week or so and you say and you still horrible. hate it, that's fine. <laughs> okay. That's fine. You don't have to love everything I love, but I'm giving I'm I'm trying to appreciate it and knowing the fact that I never expected it to be as good as the first one because the first one was so good, it's really hard to do it all over again. It's true. You know? I will tell you with a straight face, even though people are not looking at me right now, mm-hmm. the Men's Royal Rumble was the match of the night. Oh, by far. Now, by far. Now, I will also tell you that as much as I don't like Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. he was awesome. He was awesome for the it, first half of this match. So the, Okay. It's interesting that you say that because, again, I rethought about everything. Mm-hmm. When I was first watching this on Sunday, I was getting very uneasy. And I told you that. I was like, not feeling this Mm -hmm. per se. Mm -hmm. Brock's just destroying everybody. But then after everything happened, after I saw everything that occurred, it made sense. And I was able to appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So Brock Lesnar, who is the champion, started at one. Mm -hmm. Now, moments before this match started. So just to be clear. It was an altercation conversation, but there was no punches thrown. It wasn't like pull okay. apart brawl. Go ahead. Moments before this match started, I get the message of there's an alleged confrontation between Brock Lesnar and Matt Riddle backstage. Mm-hmm. I went, oh boy, mm-hmm. Matt Riddle said something stupid. Because mm-hmm. you see, Brock Lesnar, to the best of my knowledge, does not say stupid things on Twitter. I don't think Brock has... Does Brock even have a Twitter? He probably doesn't. He probably doesn't. Or if he does, Paul probably manages it. Yeah. Just like (laughs) everything else. I think he's one of those WWE, like, 
it, it's like the WWE Facebook pages for superstars. I think it's a similar one. So Matt Riddle, much like a lot of other people in this company, do not ever shut up on Twitter. This is true. So um, him poking the Brock Lesnar bear, not a good idea. He's been poking Brock. He's been poking Goldberg for a long time. It's true. And he just does not shut up. And so, I, we like Matt Riddle, but I mean, sometimes close your mouth. Carry on, Ross. So I'm thinking, okay, who could come out at two? R-Truth would be funny, but if they're going to do it the way they should do it, it's got to be somebody that people are like, maybe not invested in, but people will enjoy. So they brought out Elias. He did his little song. Brock was obviously annoyed, probably because of the riddle stuff backstage. Mm -hmm. So Elias comes out. Brock Lesnar just says, forget this. I'm running after you and starting the match, which by the way, I did find out later that was an actual guitar and not a gimmicked one. And he hit him with the wrong end of it. Uh, Plus, it looked like he was legitimately punching Elias to start the match, which I'm guessing he wasn't, but it sure looked that way. Well, the, Brock's really good at that. Sure. But then it, it also makes you feel uneasy. Sure. I felt bad for the first couple guys that came out because he was probably still upset about the riddle stuff. So, uh, he eliminates Elias, Rowan, Rude, Morrison, and then Kofi, Ray, and Big E had a nice little spot, and then they, they all got eliminated. Uh-huh. Um, Cesaro, Shelton, Shelton Benjamin, Benjamin. That was cool. They had the little thing where they were going to team up, and then he threw him out. That yeah. was pretty funny. Uh, Shinsuke, MVP. That was cool. Came back for, you know, three seconds or whatever it was. Actually, it was 24. He actually kind of have a better showing than I thought he would. But, uh, yeah. And then we had uh, Keith Lee. That's when things got really interesting. And Braun Strowman. That's when it got really, really interesting. And then Brock Lesnar just eliminated both of them. <laughs> okay, so I'm sitting here going, somebody big is going to come out and it, and and this is going to slow down, right? Yeah. Oh, no. He just eliminated both of these enormous men who, by the way, in storyline, were idiots because they decided... Oh, let's attack each other, even though the guy before them has eliminated nine people. Yeah, dumb. So, really, Keith Lee and Braun Strowman were idiots in this match because they decided to attack each other instead of trying to double-team Brock for five minutes. So, then Ricochet came out. So, in storyline, Ricochet stood up to Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar basically treated him like he was nothing. And he got beaten up. And then... Drew McIntyre came out, and I'm like, okay, now things are going to slow down. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Ricochet punches Brock in the balls. Yep. Claymore. Drew, Drew McIntyre hit one of the best Claymores I've ever seen, and I'll give Brock the credit for selling this. Yes. So, okay. Oh, by the way, m- moments before this, Brock took off his gloves. He did. Because Riddle, or excuse me, Riddle, I brought up the picture of Riddle right now, I'll tell you in a second. Uh, McIntyre was up in his face. He called him an sob. He did. You def- oh, by the way, when Keith Lee came out, <laughs> did oh. you see? Did you see Brock look over He's at like, Paul? He's like, "Who is this mother effer? Who is this guy? <laughs> it's a big guy." Yeah. Oh, and of course he was he was dancing from the MVP music. Yeah, he Brock was. Brock Lesnar was having the time, the time of, of his, his life. life. He okay. was. And again, I've I've said this: Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton, when they're motivated and they're having fun, you can tell, and it makes it. For the most part, great 
product when when Brock's not scaring you as a fan. So so Ricochet got his got his back by yeah, punching him in the balls. Yeah. Drew McIntyre hit a nasty Claymore that eliminated Brock Lesnar. Huge pop. Let me ask you a question. And I think this is a legitimate question to ask. What got a bigger pop? The Claymore to eliminate Brock or somebody coming back? Oh, of course. Of course, Edge coming back was bigger. Of course it was. But I don't know. They were pretty big but, to me. I feel like I I actually I think I may have marked out more for the for the elimination. Okay. Here's your here, a little bit. Here's Spy your little bit. Uh, here's your test the Don segment because I don't have an answer and I really want to know <laughs> if you know the answer. Okay. When's the last time Brock Lesnar was in a match that lasted twenty six minutes and twenty four seconds? I bet you Kurt Angle was involved and I don't even know if that was a twenty six minute match. Um Jeez Louise, I'm pretty sure it was either the Kurt Angle match, which would have been the the which would have been the um, Iron Man match back in 03, or Do you know I what pay per view that would have been at? That would have been September 2003. It was a SmackDown, um, or I want to say they gave them a lot of time at WrestleMania 29. Him and Triple H. Let me look up WrestleMania 29 really quick. Okay. The point I know is, Bro- I know Brock and CM Punk got like 23 minutes. While you while you look that up, yeah. The fact that Brock Lesnar went 26 minutes and 24 seconds, it's pretty impressive, and was just throwing dudes around and being Brock Lesnar. I got a lot of respect for him. Yeah, he because basically the entire setup of this match is Brock. You're literally or legitimately or whatever you want to say, eliminating half the field by yourself. Right. So Triple H and Brock Lesnar went 24 minutes even okay. at WrestleMania 29. So that's that's the last time he went that long. Yeah, because I want to say his because uh, all of his other matches Rules since match, 29, the, re- the, the rubber match between him and um and Triple H went 20 minutes and 10. Okay. And then if you go to just give me one more moment, Ross. So so basically, you've answered my question. Yeah. Big ups to Brock. I'm still not a fan of yours, but big ups for being thoroughly enjoyable for the first half of this rumble. Mm. It was a, this match. It was awesome. It, it was a tale of two rumbles. I have no complaints. Oh, actually, wow. Brock and Punk went 25 minutes at SummerSlam, okay. which is, and I think I said like 24. Yeah, wow. So, so there you go. This is legitimately the longest match he's had probably since the Iron Man match. Because I'm guessing most Iron Man matches go 30. Well, they went 60, but okay. yeah. So this this match, this Royal Rumble, is the longest match Brock has done in a long time. In six years, yeah. Okay. So six, seven that's years, awesome. Yeah. yeah, no, no, it's good. Mad respect for Brock yeah, Lesnar. Yeah. So that's so that was the thing. He the, it, This match, this Royal Rumble match, was a tale of two separate rumbles. But here was the thing. As soon as Drew McIntyre eliminated Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. then there was a stretch of, uh, of a couple of people. Like The Miz came out and got immediately eliminated. Yep. And then AJ came out. And right. then so, Ziggy so, Poo, and then Carl Anderson, and then 21. Edge. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Copeland was back. That crowd, you know what? Here's the thing. I think a I lot think of people me. knew he was going to come back. They were still waiting for it to be a reality. Yeah. And he came back at 21, and everybody's just like, oh, my gosh. Dude, okay. He's back. 
And by the way, yeah. we had no idea how long he was going to be in. True. So we were just trying to enjoy it for what it was for a guy that hadn't wrestled in nine years. All right. I'm going to go ahead and would you like to know it? Would you, I'm going to give you a fact okay. of this Royal Rumble right now, Ross. We just talked about Brock Lesnar going 26 minutes in the Royal Rumble. The person who lasted the longest was actually Drew McIntyre at 34 yep. and 11. The person who lasted the third longest in this entire Rumble Edge? was Edge. 23 and 43. He had three eliminations. It's pretty impressive. Uh, now, there was a point where um, AJ did get hurt in this match. Yeah. From, from a, a spear, spear from Edge. Yeah. He landed now, wrong on his, on his shoulder. Yes. Me. So basically, he like oversold it and landed weird on his shoulder. Yeah. So an audible was called. He was thrown out of the ring. That was probably why Anderson and Gallows stayed in a little bit longer than they probably were going to. Because you could tell as soon as that happened, I was like, was that a botch? Or, it, and then immediately after Edge, because they zoomed right in on him. He said something to Anderson and Gallows along the lines of, okay, you guys are up. Because they had to cover for the fact that there was a there was a there was a botch. Yeah. So uh let's see. Riddle, Gallows, Orton, and then Roman, KO, Alistair Black, Joe. And Rollins was at 30. Okay. So now I'm at my point of beef when it comes to the Royal Rumble in these type of situations. Okay. Okay. The Royal Rumble, okay? The only way you're eliminated is over the top rope, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, and of course, both feet, both feet have to touch the floor. Yep. Okay. What's to stop people that aren't in the match from just eliminating people? Like They've done it before. The, like getting in the ring? Well, yeah, Brock Lesnar eliminated... Um, actually, I shouldn't say that. Brock Lesnar got in the ring and F5'd Goldberg and then brought uh, Kurt Angle went ahead and eliminated them. So what was to stop AOP and Buddy Murphy just getting in the ring and just speeding people up and throwing them out? Not really anything. Nothing. No, but I mean, to be fair, they helped out from the outside. There was the spot where they caught Rollins, that'd be AOP, caught Rollins and helped him from being eliminated. Yeah, and then if I'm not mistaken, they kind of pulled Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe over the they top did. rope. They did, so they were a factor. Yes. I'm just saying, if you have an if you have an entourage, if you have a posse, mm. right? If you come down to me, if you come down with me to, to ringside for the Royal Rumble, I'd be like, Jay, man, you got to help me eliminate some people. Yeah. And guess what? Nobody's going to stop you. Even though you're not in the match, it's not illegal, mm-hmm. right? There's not lumberjacks on the outside preventing other people from getting in. There's not a thousand referees. There's not security. It just bugs me. That's all. Because if they really wanted Rollins to win, they would all gang up on everybody. That's so, true. I know That's it's not point. part of the finish. I know. There was a cool spot where... <laughs> so, we got down to the final five. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, another interesting thing. Four baby faces ended this match. I mean... Is Randy Orton really a baby face? Yeah. Okay. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. But he was that night. Yeah. So... Rollins is in the ring with Edge, Orton, McIntyre, McIntyre, and Roman. And Roman. So that means Alistair was number six. Was he? Was he? Was he? No, Alistair th- Black got eliminated before KO and Samoa Joe. So it was uh, okay. Samoa Joe. It was Black, then Owens, and then Joe. Okay, that got eliminated. I. I, I okay. Yeah. No, I'm looking at the screen. So Rollins gets back in the ring because his guys were beating up a bunch of people on the outside. He gets back in. He looks over and he's like, "Oh crap." Mm-hmm. I'm all by myself. 
I don't have my friends. Let's reach out to Roman. <laughs> Roman gives him a Superman punch Roman's, in the face. Roman's looking at him like, are you kidding me? Yeah, like, well, he actually extended his fist and then plop. He got a huge pop, Popped actually. Him. So then, uh, let's see. Did we have an RKO and then a spear? Yeah, uh, it was. And then, and, then, and then Drew threw him out. I think, yeah. Okay. So we didn't get to see. Uh, a Claymore. Damn it. Yeah, I know. That, well, it would have made sense for him to do a Claymore and then eliminate him, but we had plans to do. So your final four. <laughs> yes, your final four of the 2020 Royal Rumble was rated RKO. Yes, Edge and Orton, who had a nice little couple of touching moments in the in the Rumble where they were like, yeah, how you doing? And then Orton almost eliminated, or Orton was getting ready for the RKO, and Edge was like, what are you doing? And then, and then of course, <laughs> then he eliminated Edge eliminated him. him right, because yeah. they were going to work as a team. Yeah. So it was rated RKO, Edge and Orton, and then it was Roman and Drew. Yeah. So then uh, Orton gets eliminated. He's like, yeah, I'll talk to you tomorrow night. Right? <laughs> I'll contribute to your ass tomorrow. <laughs> and then uh, Mr. Edge was eliminated by uh, Roman Reigns. Yes. And then, oh, and by the way, I was waiting for the spot because Roman was on the outside. I was waiting for the spot of McIntyre claymoring him off the side. And no, that he, being they, the he got, but he got back in the ring. I was like, damn it. No, but you know what? I was fine with it because there, because there was tension. Right? There was, yes. Actually, there was not just tension between the fact it was either Roman or Drew. Mm-hmm. There was tension between... Your boys, oh yeah, the t- the TDT's t- 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 finest, because mm-hmm. Roswell over here picked Roman, and you picked Drew, and I picked Drew, so and it we're was down like, to our well, final two. It's, it's now or never, man. By the way, it's now Ed- or never. By the way, Edge pulling a Mister Perfect in this match, being a WWE legend, making the final three in a Royal Rumble. That's true. Yes, it pretty sweet. True. Actually, yeah, Rey Mysterio did that back in 2018. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so it was Drew and Roman. And in the back of my mind, I said, Roman won earlier in the night. So, if they're doing what they should do. McIntyre's going over. Drew's going to go over. Yeah. Okay. I've been probably one of the biggest Drew McIntyre fans you will ever know. Mm -hmm. Loved him during the Chosen One gimmick, the IC run, him getting fired, going to Impact. You loved him with 3MB. 3MB. We're 3MB. Oh. Drew McIntyre, Heath Slater, and don't hint to the gender Mahal. Oh my god! By the way, I did missed, not show up at the Rumble. I've missed. Where gender you at, gender? I need I need gender Mahal to come back into my life. You, you need a gender fix. I need I need gender and the Bollywood boys to come back together. <laughs> this needs to happen immediately. Can we have a six man title just for them? Just kidding. Please don't. WWE. I don't need more belts. There's already like seven that don't mean anything. So, so we have Drew and Roman. I'm thinking to myself, okay, Roman has finished runner-up twice, and he's already won once. That's incorrect. Um, he's finished runner-up more than that. Yes, he just finished runner-up for the third time with this match. So he was runner-up in 14. He finished runner-up three times. He's finished final four once, and he's won once. Okay, hold on. 14, he was runner-up. 15, he won. 16, he was second runner-up. 17, final four. was runner-up. Mm-hmm. 18 was runner-up, okay. 20 was runner-up, so four times, right? Checking this immediately. Sure. I think you're wrong, and that's why I'm going to check it. All good. Okay. I'm not wrong. 
Royal Rumble 2014. Actually, you know what the easiest way to go ahead and look it up is, Ross? Because I, 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 I looked it up earlier today. So you, I'm, I'm clicking on Royal Rumble match. Right? Okay. 14, Batista eliminated Roman. Correct. Okay, so he's runner-up. Yes. Okay. 15, 15 he, he won. won. 16, he was second to runner-up. Okay, so that is not runner-up. That's final four. I, did I not say, I said second to runner-up. That's exactly I'm, what I I'm said. Just, I'm just yeah. repeating yes. what you just said. Got it. So, um, yes, because Ambrose was the last man eliminated at 16. Correct. Because, okay. So, 17. He was runner-up. To Orton. 18, he was runner-up to Shinsuke. 20, he was runner-up to Drew. God, I forgot it actually. What the hell? Oh my God, it was lost in the middle of that car. Why did they do the men's Royal Rumble in the middle of 18? That made no sense. Because the women uh, main evented. So open the show with it. They well, The women's Royal Rumble was in the middle of the show and last year's show too. Yes, I know. What I'm saying is they should open with one and close with one. It makes I, sense. But remember, he's been runner up four times. Yeah. But remember, it doesn't. Okay. So he's put over Batista, Shinsuke, Orton, and Drew. Yeah. And he put over Triple H and Dean Ambrose in 16. And the one he won, the final four was Big Show, Kane, and Rusev. (laughs) No wonder people hate the 2015 Rumble. (laughs) How is that Roman's fault? My gosh, <laughs> the hatred for this man is crazy. Oh, man. Okay. So Drew wins. Yeah. Literally, I sit here and I go, you're going to go nuts. I'm I'm sitting here going, there's no way this just happened. Yeah. I'm dreaming mm-hmm. because I'm a fan and I never thought this day would come where they would actually legitimately push this guy. Mm-hmm. I've been begging them to do this with this guy and Braun Strowman and a bunch of other people, and I'm like, nah, they're just going to go with Roman. They're going to go the safe route. Well, so here's the and thing. And then Drew won, and everybody was like, oh, my gosh, it's not Roman, which is BS, by the way. He's been runner-up four times. The disrespect. <laughs> so, oh my God. I wrote up on our... Um, on our Instagram page, I posted this because, again, Sunday was crazy for me, as it was for a lot of people. Um, we lost Kobe, but then we were given Drew as a winner and Edge coming back for the first time in nine years. It was a day full of emotional highs and emotional lows. It was absolutely crazy, but... to Ross and I were talking on the phone after the Royal Rumble. I, I, he calls me, or I call him. I don't know. And you called me. I did call you. Um, and I actually had to recompose myself for a moment because I actually had a couple of tears come down my face because it was just too much to take. It was so beautiful seeing Roman coming back after the leukemia diagnosis. And I know he's been back for like almost a year now, but remember, this is his first Royal Rumble that he's been back in a year and a half. That's a big deal. You see Drew McIntyre being able to go ahead and complete this 10-year odyssey that he's been doing with 10 year in, in WWE 
you know? And then you go ahead and see Edge come back getting cleared from a neck injury for the over, that's kept him out of the ring for nine years. It was a lot to take, but it was so beautiful. It was so worth it. It was so, this Royal Rumble match was so worth all the emotional investment you gave into it. It was great. It was fantastic. And you can sit there and you can hate on the Brock situation all you want. Think about it. Brock Lesnar needed to do that for 26 minutes so the moment of Drew McIntyre eliminating him could be the moment for Drew McIntyre. He did all of that. And by the way, it wasn't just him. Him and the other 15 guys did all of that for Drew McIntyre. It's true. That's rad, guys. That's rad. It's true. So, like, for once... Brock Lesnar should be given a crap ton of credit. A crap ton of credit. Absolutely. No because hate. he made True McIntyre a megastar in 30 freaking seconds. And yet, there's still one more step. There's still one more step. There's and Brock is totally willing to do this, by the way. Look at what he did for Seth Rollins. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's true. Look at what he's done for CM Punk. Look at what he's done for Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. You know? He's willing, what he's done for Goldberg, for goodness sake. It's true. He's willing to do this for people. For Roman. He he did it for Roman. Okay, I will will break the narrative that I said earlier in this show. Yeah. I know that Drew's probably going to win at WrestleMania. I hope that Drew is going to win at WrestleMania. The year that uh, Roman lost to uh, Brock Lesnar, I was genuinely shocked. WrestleMania 34? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Genuinely shocked. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't think they actually were going to go through with it. By the way, that's another giving guy. I don't know, losing to Brock clean over and over. Busted head and everything. Actually winning the cage match in Saudi Arabia because he touched the floor first and up, oh, Brock won. Hey, he though. finally went over at SummerSlam, though. It's true. Hell, he helped uh, He helped uh, put the uh, Sheamus 515 gimmick over. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's terrible. No, it's true. Hey, he made Seth Rollins a superstar, a megastar. True. In five minutes. It's true. Roman Reigns is awesome. Roman Reigns I'm is very awesome. happy for Drew McIntyre. Yes. Um, very happy for Edge. Very happy for Edge. Very happy for this pay-per-view. Yes. You know what? This pay-per-view, all said and done, actually better than last year's Royal Rumble. And that's saying a lot because last year's Royal Rumble was awesome. All right. So before I get that far. Yeah. And we're going to wrap it up here in just a moment. Yes. So. I think we can both confidently say the worst match on the show was Bailey and Lacey Evans. By far. Okay. I will tell you that I was not super into the Universal title match or the Raw Women's title match. Uh-huh. I'm not saying that they, well. You are saying it, but it's I get what you're saying. So, for me, mm-hmm. the reason why last year's is still better. Okay. So, now, it's it's not okay. First of all, throw out the tag team match with the weird partners that opened last year's. Like I'm just throwing that out, okay? Because it was filler, and I'm not counting it. You know what? Just just throw out the pre-shows for both. Well, no. What I'm saying is that you know Shinsuke and Rusev had a 10 minute match where Shinsuke won the title last year. Yeah. And then Buddy Murphy, Kalisto, Tozawa, and Itami had a good 12 minute. Cruiserweight match. Yeah, sure, sure. And the two matches this year were good. Yeah, no, definitely. I'll give them So, Asuka and Becky Lynch, awesome. Mm -hmm. Miz and Shane McMahon versus The Bar, although weird, I enjoyed it live. Yeah. Right? 
Uh, Ronda and Sasha, I was not a fan of, but I know people liked it. Becky then won the Rumble. Then there was the awesome Daniel Bryan AJ Styles match. I will continue to say that because it was awesome. There was that match. And then uh, Brock and Finn, even though I know people loved it. Let's have my finish. And then I'm going to tap out like two seconds later. And then, uh, and then there was last year's Rumble, which the end of it was great. Compared to this year, where I would say Roman Corbin was good, right? It was good. Uh, Charlotte winning the Rumble was okay. I thought the match as a whole was okay. I didn't think it was great. I thought there was a lot of times where it was just like a bunch of people just standing around waiting. Mm-hmm. I, by the way, I never felt that in the men's Rumble. Probably no, because no, Brock no. Lesnar was killing half the field. Yeah, but even when, when Brock Lesnar was eliminated... It, it it kept moving. The paces were going. So as I the blood was flowing. As I get through this, okay, I enjoyed the men's rumble match better this year than last year. Almost everything else I liked better last year. Okay, so I was not the biggest fan of AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. I've told you that. You're not. But yes, I get it. Whatever. Um, Becky versus Oscar one was better than Becky versus Asuka 2. Mm-hmm. However, the Women's Royal Rumble match last year was way better than the Women's Royal Rumble match this year. But Roman versus Corbin was very strong this year. The Universal Championship match was very, very strong compared to either of the two world title matches last year. The Men's Royal Rumble match, I just thought was just a tad bit better than last year's. And again, Becky versus Oscar two was a very worthy sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, DB versus Fiend was just flat out good. I think it's a toss up. I'll, I don't know. Let me rethink about it. I'll probably, I don't know. Maybe I'm just going to go with my bias and just be like, oh, I was at the Rumble last year. It was still better. Regardless, I almost lost my voice last year. Mm-hmm. This time, I was washing dishes as I was watching the Royal Rumble, but mm-hmm. still having a great time, and I marked out a couple different times, and I picked up on the days, and i be like, oh my God, Andreas left Drew McIntyre with the Royal Rumble. Ah! That was great. I have a feeling, much like last year, I will look back at this pay-per-view in six months, and in eight months. It's going to be, one, again, once again, one of the best pay-per-views of the year. Probably. Yeah. Now, last year this time, I was like, I guarantee you this will be one of the top five pay-per-views. I can't say I guarantee it, but it's probably going to be at least in the running for a while. It's a damn good start. It is. It is. Yeah. So that is our Royal Rumble 2020 review show. If you want to give a quick uh, 30 seconds to a minute synopsis of what next week's show is going to be. Yeah, so next week we're going to go ahead and have one of my buddies uh, who is a fellow podcaster here in the Phoenix area. His name is Tom, the Thunderous Wizard, and he has a really cool podcast called Hops and Box Office Flops. It's a uh, podcast about underdog movies, if you will, that have either underperformed at the box office or have been trash and... Uh, he reviews them with a couple of his buddies, and he does a damn good job about it. And uh, he's also a really big pro wrestling fan. He is a huge NXT fan. He loves himself some AEW right now. Um, he 
is very upset with some of the main roster quality right now, but he still appreciates it and watches it. Um, and he's going to go ahead and come on our show, be one of our guests. He'll actually be in studio, which I'm really, really looking forward to. That'll be great. Um, and he's going to go ahead and talk some pro wrestling with us. And we're going to maybe talk some, well, not maybe, we're definitely going to be talking some movies too. And uh, we got a little top, cool top five for next week. We are. Which we're I'm actually, looking forward to. We're actually letting a guest yeah. pick the top five. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to go ahead and spoil what the top five is now. We'll go ahead and talk about it uh when he's on next week, but uh, it'll be really, really cool to have him on board. It'll be our first time uh, ever having him, ever having a guest in studio. So it'll be a, a great time. We'll be able to have a cool three-way conversation here in, in the studio yes. and all that good stuff. It will be fun. Yeah. I'm looking so, forward to it. Uh, the idea presented itself uh, maybe a month ago. A month and a half ago, yeah. Okay. And, so. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to go ahead and check out, he, he, he is on Twitter and on Facebook, Hops and Box Office Flops on Facebook. And then on Twitter, it's Hops and B.O. Flops. There you go. And, uh, yeah, the Thunderous Wizard, which is a hell of a nickname. But, yeah, his name is Tom. It'll be great to have him on board. This show, the Double Turn Podcast on Instagram, one and only JMan19, Ross the Real Boss 85. You can find this show when it posts tomorrow. Yes. On Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, yeah. Breaker, Stitcher, Radio Public, uh, CastBox. Pocket Cast. Pocket Casts. And Anchor. And the Anchor app. Yep. There you go. Before we sign off, remember one thing, guys. Mamba mentality is not a basketball thing. It can absolutely be used in every single facet of life. That's my last thing that I'll say about Kobe Bean Bryant. Rest in peace to one of the goats, to his beautiful daughter, to all the other beautiful souls that were on that chopper. May they rest in peace. Blessings to every single one of their members of their family. Make every day count. Damn right. Hug your... Hug your, hug your loved ones. Tell them you love them, even though they may annoy the crap out of you. You still love them for a reason. Tell them that every single day. Enjoy life. Don't yes. let, uh, don't get bogged down Absolutely by life. Not. Hey, man, I freaking love you, dog. I love you too, brother. That is it for this show. Next show, same time, same place. We've right got here. lots of, uh, got lots of great wrestling to look forward to this week. Impact. I have not talked about it a lot, but it does air on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. They're continuing their storyline with uh, Tester Blanchard being yes. their world champion. AEW is going to be in Cleveland tomorrow night. By the way, AEW crushed NXT last week in I don't the ratings. Know how that happened. I can't believe that Jericho's cruise line won in the ratings last week. I laughed heartily when the ratings came out. It's so, uh, pretty crazy. NXT is uh, on pace for that 75% goal that I said they would make. They're still making a pretty good case. But. <laughs> We have NXT and, of course, SmackDown, and, uh, of course, we'll have another edition of Raw, which, by the way, Raw was actually pretty strong this past week. It was. Week. Uh, you know too what? Bad I didn't, it's too bad I didn't get a chance to talk Just, about it. You know, so. but before we go ahead and get off the air, so Edge's contract is three years. Uh, it's $3 million a year, uh, 25 televised appearances, three matches a year. That's, if I'm not mistaken, a pretty sweet deal. It's almost bro- That's almost Brock's schedule. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he, he Edge just has more televised appearances. I think we're all happy Edge is back, especially especially if he can go. Anyway. My fear is that he's going to take one bad bump, and that's going to be it. Yeah. But I'm not trying to think that way. I'm hey, just saying he's that. Wor- first match back, he's working with Randy. If there's anybody in the game, oh. that's 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 that'll be good to him. It'll Again, Randy. M- motivated Randy is the best Randy. Yes. And so, based off last night's closing segment, he was very, very motivated. By the way, total 
total end of the show here. Talk to me. Was that not a safe, effective, impactful concerto he yes, put on last was. night? He it was not violent. Pl- nope. It he was effective. He placed the chair to connect with the chair, and it did not even graze the neckline. But Edge sold it. Yep. It was well executed. That's pro wrestling at its finest that's, right there. That's how it's supposed that's to be exact, done. That's how pros do it right there. Edge and Randy Orton. But again, knowing knowing how safe of a spot that was, I was still like, oh my gosh, they did it. Yeah. They, awesome. they haven't done it in like 12 years. It's awesome. awesome. Kids don't try this stuff at home. Absolutely that's not. The, that's the old WWE, WCW promos that they did. Backyard wrestling's not for you. Yeah. And all those weird things. With, right. with, by the way, of all people, Brian Knobs. It was hilarious. Tell me about it. All right, Boss Ross, you sign us off, my That brother. is going to do it for the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast. For the J-Man, I'm Boss Ross, and we will catch you on the flip side. Rest in peace to Mamba.